Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for riding along today. Visit us online at pathtozion.com or search for us for our recent video editions on YouTube. Just go path, go to Path to Zion podcast, type it in the search and find it up. Subscribe, won't you? And uh, share it should you feel that that is appropriate. We would appreciate your help. It blows my mind how much things can be advanced when other people come alongside and share things, um, even just posting links and, and passing on, you know, even our whiteboard teachings that we do here at our house. Um, it's always really encouraging when you feel like you might be striking a chord in my world um, with anyone, um, not when you hit a certain number or, or likes or views, um, but just, just anyone in general, if, when it resonates with one person, it stirs me to, okay, we're going to keep moving ahead. So thank you for listening wherever you are. Again, we just keep picking up more international listeners. We've got a good amount of, um, listens on the, on the, um, pathdesign.com website via the Podbean app in the Netherlands. So if that's you, thank you so much for listening. Um, as I always say, reach out and email us. Let us know where you are. Let us know your thoughts towards anything that's shared here. Questions, challenges, anything that you might think of, it's all welcome here. I guarantee you it will be read. Um, you can email us anytime at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much for listening, all of you or one of you, or two or three, I don't care, that's fine, thank you, um, just the same. Listen, today I've got something I just want to um, put out there, and um, you know, I want to do something that, that admittedly is just kind of rare, oh man, it's rare on the earth, it's rare on the earth, and it's really rare where it should be very normal, and that's within the global church. Confession, open confession, open admittance of wrongdoing. And and the reason I feel pressed to record this is to be true, is to be transparent, and is to show the fullness of one walking in their... I have to be careful how I word this because I am a person who believes in the Emmanuel reality. I'm not deity. I'm not the Christ. But with all the scriptural understanding that we have prophesied in the Old Testament, culminated on the cross, and for those who will climb up into that cross and join into the side of Yeshua Messiah into his death, We take on His likeness. We're told that very clearly in Scripture. We are literally regenerated. We're moved from the bloodline of first Adam into the last, and we are literally changed. And we literally are given, as an awesome, beautiful gift of God the Father, the attributes of the Son. He becomes... I like like this, and I've said this several times on the program. Several years back, I heard a man teaching, and he called... He called the regenerated Christ man ones the imagers. The imagers. And I just really like that. 
I don't just reflect him like the moon. I don't, I've never really jived with that analogy because I'm not just a mere reflection of the sun. His radiance literally emanates from my being because he, he is an indwelling God. It's the beauty of, of the now reality of being the temple, the temple now, <laughs> of the eternal creator indwelling a man who surrenders his will and goes into the sun and surrenders his will, his way, his identity into the sun. And you know what? In that place, I'm free. In that place, in that place now, there's no condemnation. I've always heard there's no condemnation. Man, I've been in a gathering where my wife one time, the Lord was doing a, a, a real work on her heart. Holy cow, I bet it was 18 years ago of conviction, proper conviction. And she started to just confess this, this error within her heart, within her thinking. And everyone in the group just wanted to pat her back, hand her a Kleenex, and tell her to quit crying because she shouldn't feel bad because there's no condemnation. And Jesus, there's no condemnation. No, 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 no. Don't feel bad. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't feel bad. There's no condemnation. Don't feel guilty. You should never feel guilty. Friends, this is an error within the body of Christ. It's an error in families. We don't want children to feel bad. Oh, no, little Susie's upset. Someone give her a toy. Someone give her a cookie. Help the poor girl. We don't want her to feel bad. I would like to think that it's just a mindset of this age. We believe we should be comfortable, satisfied. Everything that we deem desirable and pleasurable, we should get when we want it. Hey, don't feel bad. And guess what? It's permeated the church. It's a worldly culture that has been adopted by the church, and we now do likewise. You should never feel bad. Hey, especially now, you're in Jesus. You're in Jesus, you know. Smile. Smile. People are looking at you. Put on your smiley face. How are you today, brother? Awesome. When inside you might be dying. While inside you might be struggling with an addiction. While inside you might be doubting completely your faith and what you even believe and why, yet we have been led into a deceptive mindset of how are you doing? Well, the pressure is on me because if I am in fact in Messiah, I have to be good. I have to be great. I have to be happy. I have to be perfectly in order, or somehow I would say the teaching that has gone out through my lifetime is if you're not, either A, you're backslidden and you're away from the Lord if something bad is happening, B, you never knew the Lord, question your salvation and go repent for the 57th time at the altar call and rededicate your life, or C, brother, you should just you just have a problem, right? You have a problem. Stop feeling that way. If you were really in Jesus, you wouldn't feel that way. You wouldn't think like that. But listen, can we just say in maturity that these things are just not realistic? They're not realistic for the real, real Christ man. We have the exact same expectation upon us as Yeshua the Messiah did the God man. 
Fully God, fully man. Emotions. Challenges of the flesh man being alive, having cravings. We do remember this, right? That Yeshua, just because he was God, didn't just coast through life without, I mean, goodness, you, if you know any Bible at all, you know he was tempted. He was tempted in every possible way. More so than you, more than myself. Tempted in every way. Every temptation that exists in the arsenal of the enemy was assaulted upon Messiah. So everything you and I deal with today and every other possible temptation was brought to him, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was tried, and he, <clears throat> he was set. But he labored. How many times did he go away? Man, I just got to go out. I've got to seek the face of my father. I have to weep. I have to get on my knees. I have to cry out, oh, father, help me. Strengthen me in this hour. Emptying himself. What? A poured out drink offering. Emptied, emptied, emptied. He emptied himself as what? The suffering servant. The suffering servant. And I'm always saying this and it goes without, it has to be repeated every time I think about it. Even if it's every third episode, that's okay. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered, yet modern day Christianity says you can just wave the magic wand of Jesus and you're good. You should never feel bad. You should never fall. You should never sin again, knowing we will. You should never have a bad thought. You should never be sad. You should never cry over your own depravity and need. You should be okay. God is good all the time, right? Just like me, I'm good all the time because I'm in Jesus. I'm blessed. I'm doing this cheesy smile in case you can't read my, my uh, tone. <laughs> Is, am I the only one that has been taught this Christianity? Now, I'm not saying it's everywhere. I know plenty of real people who say, you know what? Hey, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is my need. I love those people. But it's the ones who, who never have an issue. And when a correction is brought to them, why in the world do you think that way about me, brother? I'm fine. I don't see that. Oh boy, then we're stuck, right? We're stuck. There, we're, we're stuck because we ourselves will not always see things that, have need, that need to come to the surface with the light of, of Christ through a brother to illuminate these things in us and say, you know what, hey, I know you don't see this, but guess what? I do. And I see it in myself, and you'll see things in me I do not see. Let's let it come to the surface and not be so afraid and hide it away and say, no, that can't be true. That cannot be true. Friends, we are full. We're not full. I'm trying to change my verbiage and be careful with my extreme verbiage. I know I'm strong. I want to be accurate. I'm training. I'm, I'm practicing. We have within us the capability, like I taught on just two days ago, of error, of even sin that we do not yet know. You know, we just went through in our household, we're doing the feast, as, as I've been talking about with great, uh, with, in great length, 
We're doing the biblical feast for the first time as a family. Every time, everyone that comes, we do it fully to the best of our present limited ability and knowledge with great fervor and excitement. It's awesome. It's changing my household. Changing me. And what do we do? Like with the leaven understanding, get it out. One little, one little bit ruins the whole thing. It's got to go. Get it out. Even the imagery that I shared on here that we did where we put it all literally in the natural, all of our leavened products went into the fire. Burned. It's not coming back. It's not going to the basement to come out in a week. No way. It's gone. Get it out of here. Get it out. And so here I am today, and like this is my, the crux of why I turned this on. And this will be brief today. There was some leaven in my life um, two days ago. And, and I'm just going to be very specific. Why? Because you know what? It's time for Christians to stop leading hypocritical lives. It's time for leadership. If you consider yourself a teacher, anyone, the way I see leader is someone who properly speaks to the best of their ability, the oracles of God, and people listen to them. If they're on a platform, in a position, in a function, doesn't have to be behind a pulpit at a church staff, but I just mean like if you have a voice where you study the Word of God and you, you teach, you preach, whatever we want to call it, and people actually listen to what you say with regularity, friends, we have, you have, if that should be you, a very large responsibility. We know what the Word of God says about teachers. Oh boy, you better be careful if you're desiring this one. We're talking a high standard. We're talking a very high calling, not a better calling or a bigger calling, but it's very, very sobering. If you open up your mouth and whoever's ears are on towards you are saying, you know what, I'm listening to this individual to receive the Word of God. Holy cow, y'all. What a responsibility, what a weight that that is. Many men, thankfully, praise the Lord, rightly hold that with just an awesome reverence of this treasure. Many men, it's flipping, it's a job, it's a position. We have to be careful with the gifts we've been given. But what I have not seen much in my life, although thank the Lord I have seen it in brothers throughout the years of my life, the first church that I was on staff at 20 years ago, the pastor who was there was one of the most humble men I've ever met in my life. I'm fast approaching 47, and this man was, at that time, a very right leader, humble. Staff meetings, we would cry together before the Lord, confessing our error, our sin, our need, Weeping before the Lord, weeping for congregants at the church, members at the church. Oh, God, help them. Help us. A great model, a great example for me that has stuck with me now, 20 years later. Helped shape me, helped teach me how to preach sermons and do outlines and be a teacher. He helped me tremendously 20 years ago. But for the most part, you don't really hear leaders be open about their error. You will hear them lead by example of their greatness, of their successes, of their 
numerical following? Read a bio on somebody who's famous one time, won't you? Received his doctorate here, his master's here, worldwide, global, international evangelist, preacher, prophet, teacher, apostle, right? We love credentials. We love exaltation. Every single one of us, I don't care who you are, we wrestle and fight with that. I fight with that. I want to be, I want to be heard, oh God, right? It must be killed. (laughs) It must be dragged up on the altar, kicking and screaming and slit its throat wide open. It's the spirit of Cain. It's the way of Cain. I hate it, but I see it in myself. But specific to today, two days ago, I have to set the table a little bit on this, and again, it will be brief. I, I, back when I lived in Georgia, I bought and sold um, used cars in a very, very small measure. Flipping, flipping cars. I would buy them very cheap, get a little bit of mechanical work done on it if necessary, detail it front, back, top, bottom, get it looking as best as it could, and sell it for profit. I have not done that since we've moved here, and I did it for the first time about three weeks before the dang coronavirus came. (laughs) And the thing is, it was the most expensive flip that I ever invested in. For me, a lot of money. For most people, eh, big deal, Joel. Wash your hands and walk away. I need this money. And I did it again right before the virus hit, and so I've been stuck with this car my goodness, eight, ten weeks. I bet ten. I keep knocking the price down. Nobody's buying anything. I see cars sitting in the same place for sale along the roads I drive on all the time. Same problem. And I've just been stuck with this car. Well, I lowered the price again. I had a real good bite. The guy said, you know what? Would you take $400 less than what you have it for? I said, absolutely, yes, sir. When can you get it? He said, let's do it tomorrow. We called, talked on the phone. And in this just quick conversation, he says, hey, I'm being real specific here to make a point. Hey, so like, you know, it's kind of high mileage. Have have you changed out the, has the timing belt and water pump been changed out? Yeah, it's good to go. Yeah, it's good. It's ready. It's ready to go anywhere in the country, man. This car is awesome, which it is. But here's the problem. I don't know if the timing belt and water pump have been changed on that vehicle. And the second it came out of my mouth, as it's coming out of my mouth, I knew I was lying. I was lying to this innocent man wanting to buy a car for his daughter. We set up the time. I'd like to say right then and there, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not true. I didn't do that. I'm just being honest. I'm going to sell this car. Oh, yes. Finally. I've got to sell this thing. I have got to have that cash. Man, I've got to have it. Hang up the phone. He and I had set up a time for yesterday. After 2 o'clock, I was going to drive it close to where he was. We were going to meet up, sell the car. Well, obviously, I go to bed that night, and, and the Holy Spirit is like, assaulting me (laughs) in my conscience. And instead of fight it, I said, Lord, 
do not let me sell this car. Don't let me sell it in this way, to this man, in these terms. Holy Spirit, you convict me until I'm ill. Literally. Can we just be honest? I, like, I, I hate saying that that's what it took. I hate saying that, but that's what's true. Holy Spirit, do not let up. I, the way I said it to a brother last night, I called him to confess. I said, I said, Holy Spirit, don't let off the gas until I give in. Don't let off the gas until I yield my will, repent, and obey. Don't let me do it. And so as I began to think about it, I went and had a men's meeting. I didn't get done with that till afternoon. I'm hours away from meeting this guy. And I'm still in that place of like, at this point, I had resolved to do it. I'm going to tell him, but it was so hard to get the courage to lower myself, to abase myself and suffer the embarrassment. With a grown man now, I was embarrassed to no end, as I should be. I should be, right? Well, it's okay, brother. Just, you know, apologize and be strong. No, I was, a, I was an embarrassed. I felt like an idiot. Again, and rightly so. So I tell him, look, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not going to say Yeshua. What? Who are you? So <laughs> I've lied to you, friend. I don't know if the timing belt... And the water pump have been changed, and I know that that's probably going to swing the deal. It's over. You're not going to want to buy this car, you know, and rightly so, because I could be lying as far as you know about every other thing about it. I get it. You know what? I don't even want you to buy the car. Just forget it. I'm not going to offer it to you at a lower price. Whatever. I'm here to make an, make a, a public embarrassing spectacle of myself. Would you forgive me? I'm a follower of Jesus, and I should not behave this way. I've been wrong, and there's no way in the world I can sell you this car. I've lied. Not, I didn't tell the truth. Not, I wasn't entirely truthful. All these things that crossed my mind about kind of softening the blow a little bit. Well, I wasn't. Now, this car is awesome. This, 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 this. But I wasn't really fully, you know, absolutely, you know, what are we going to do? Let's just be a mature man who says, you know what? I lied. That's what I trained my son. Son, don't be, don't be putting whipped cream on top of this and trying to deliver it to me on a golden plate. Son, you lied. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a big, strong dose of my own medicine, of my own training, personally. So I took it. I would like to say that the man was like, man, I'm, I'm just really moved. That a Christian would would acknowledge he lied to me. Not that he would buy the car, but I was kind of hoping it would be gentle. Yeah, well, it wasn't really, and that's okay. I need to be a man and take it. He had every right to say I wasted his time. I did. Truth. I'm not going to fight that. I was... I was... A, I lied. I'm not a liar. A liar is somebody who that's his life. I'm not a liar, but I lied. Deceit. Who's the father of lies? Can we just not be honest and call things what they are? In that moment, my father, in a moment now, in a decision, not spiritually biological, I know who my father is, but according to my decision-making, I was 
persuaded by the father of lies to speak as though I was his offspring. And that's the hard part, friends, is I'm not. And that made me so angry. Made me so angry. So I put the phone down, and I just cried out to the Lord. I said, oh God, cleanse my conscience. You know, when I was baptized last fall, I understood the scriptural understanding of it's, a, it's an appeal to God for a sprinkling of a clear conscience. And friends, I'd like to say that that was the first event I really felt like my conscience was dirtied up. I felt it. I sensed it in my spirit. Joel, you've dirtied up the conscience that I cleaned for you in that water. And you know what? You can go from here, right? We can walk out from these places. We, I could have sold that car. I could have that money in my pocket right now. I have free will. Hey, hey, there's grace in Jesus, Joel, right? There's forgiveness. No condemnation, brother. You know what? Can we mature and grow up? I mean, seriously. We do exactly what Paul said. Brothers, never, ever, ever do this. Don't you ever squander the grace you've been given. Don't you ever... I won't say a certain word in case there's young ears listening. Don't you prostitute this grace and forgiveness you've been given, son. And so I felt the rightful weightiness and heaviness of my sin. But praise the Lord, I couldn't walk from that place. I couldn't. And so I had to come home and leave right away with my wife and my son. And so I said, y'all, I have to confess. Son, your dad lied. Your dad was a hypocrite, and he didn't do what he teaches you to do, son, and I need you to forgive me. Your dad made a very bad decision, selfish, deceitful. I lied for my own gain. And as I'm saying this to, to my son and my wife, it was like the Lord was showing me this unraveling of, of the greater understanding, which I had thought of in measure, but really was coming out of my mouth. I could have had that money that, again, to me, I need. Right now, man, I need that cash. I do. I'm a natural man <laughs> in a real weird season. But that money would have been tainted. It would have been cursed. It would not have been added to me. It would have been cursed money. The Lord could not bless it. He could not sustain it. Could we possibly say that he couldn't even build upon it because it was not his? It was not consecrated to him. It was defiled. It would have been defiled. Praise the Lord, it's not. It's not there. It would have been defiled. Friends, here is our life, and I'll bring this to a close. How much are you scrutinizing every single thing you do say and literally are. How hard are we scrutinizing our lives? Or in any way are we saying, it's okay, it's okay, no condemnation, no condemnation, it's okay, it's not a big deal, I'm in Jesus, Jesus forgives, Jesus forgives. Friends, I think it's time for us to sit down, hold our arms out wide, and ask the great physician to do some serious surgery in our innermost places. I'm telling you right now, friend, 
I'll ask the question. Are there things like I just shared buried somewhere within you? Secret places, hidden away. 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago that you know what? I was deceitful. I lied. I hurt someone and I knew it and I've just buried it away. And some listen, how many times have we done these things and we don't even remember? Time, the scars of time, the scars produced by time over these wounds and sins get thick, friends. You may not even know it's there. We might not even know unless we sit down, we quiet ourselves, and we say, Lord, what? Search me, know me, try me, see if there's any wicked way in me from 1999. Right? Examine me, O oh God. Examine me and know me. I am laid bare before you. So, friends, here I am. I'm just like everybody else, right? I'm, I have error. I have sin that is crouching at my door. It's not right at my back. That was drowned. The enemies of my life that pursued me in close proximity were drowned in my baptismal waters, in my immersion, in the mikvah cleansing reality. No, they were drowned. But listen, the whole world is being prowled about by the enemy looking to destroy you, looking to destroy your children, looking to destroy and tear down us all, even the ones who are pursuing the Lord with all that we have. Like I just said in the program the other day, we're one degree away from falling and being led astray. So friends, be encouraged today. Be encouraged. Can we, oh church, please become people who are quick to say, I'm raising my hand. I fell. I fell. I need forgiveness. Confess your sins one to another, right? Where in the world is that? Thank the Lord I have brothers in my life right now who are elect who are so far above me in maturity. And one breath later, they're saying, you know what, I've got to share. I fell yesterday. I need washed. I need cleansed. And I need it out in the light because I'm not holding it in here. Praise the Lord for any of those that are doing that in this hour in the church. I'm telling you, humility. This comes out in my podcast in 20 different facets and ways. The church needs to embrace her frailty. She needs to embrace her need. She needs to embrace that her weakness is, is the Father's strength in and through her. He will be made strong when we are weak. He will be exalted, magnified, and rightly lifted up to his proper place when we willingly lay ourselves low. So friends, let that be you today. Let it be you. Don't hide. Don't be afraid. Don't worry that you're going to tarnish the name of Jesus if you confess that you're full of error or even have one. It's okay. It declares to the heavenlies and it declares to all men in and outside of the church. Guess what? 
I need a healer. I need a deliverer. I need a rescuer, and his name is Yeshua the Messiah, and this is who I am. Let us be who we are. Let the world see that we are not just like everybody else. I'm just full of sin. I love sin. No, sir. No way, no how. No. But I am not perfect. I'm being sanctified. I'm being changed with every passing moment from glory to glory, being changed and more like the Son. Let's walk in His ways. Let Him be our strength. Let the church begin to be who she really is in the light. There's power there. There's authority there. (laughs) May we be open. May we be honest. May we be a humble people fueled by walking in the path of the suffering servant Yeshua, Messiah. Amen.